0: six seven eight
1: all righty we have a thrilling episode for you today jocelyn i don't know about you but i'm feeling all revved up i'm definitely feeling the fever grow our love for
2: this musical just won't quit We are so excited to give you all a rockin' welcome to the Bad Out of Hell Musical Reunion.
1: We're joined today by two cast members from the original production in Manchester, and one who joined as a replacement during the London Coliseum run. And without further ado, please join
2: us in welcoming Danielle Steers, Ben Perkis, and Simon Gordon. So to start,
1: let's just go around and say your name, where you are currently in the world, who you played in the show,
0: and which productions of Bad Out of Hell you were a part of. Hello, hi, Danielle Steers here, um, I played Zahara in the show, I have been with the show since it opened back in 2017 um, and I've pretty much done the show everywhere except Germany, yeah and I'm in London right now.
3: <laughs> Hello, I'm Simon, uh, I'm the Scottish accent that you'll recognise um, in the show in Battle of Hell I was alternate Strat and I joined when we were at the Coliseum. Um, And in terms of the area that I'm in right now, I'm in, funnily enough, Scotland. Hello, uh, I'm Ben
4: (coughs) from uh, Ashford in Kent. I'm the Ashford in Kent accent that you'll be hearing. (laughs) Uh, And I was in the original cast of Bat and I played alternate Strat and Hoffman still have the cowboy hat
1: oh fabulous that was one people definitely wanted to know as well so yeah that was people want to know that so that's good
4: it's hanging in my mirror oh,
1: nice. <laughs> so
2: right off the bat hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> <Sound> effect. <laughs> were any of you huge meatloaf or jim steinman fans before you got involved with the
1: show
0: yeah i was i remember when i was little i used to go to the karaoke with my mom and dad um and I remember, like still distinctly to this day, hearing Paradise by the Dashboard Light for the first time and being like, what is happening? What is this? Like two people were singing it really badly. Um, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then I just started listening to Bits and Bats. Hey, Bits and Bats. We're all the bat puns in there today. Yeah. Back. So yeah, <laughs> I, I was quite a big fan. Yeah.
4: After you, Ben. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I wasn't. And it's it's hilarious because I I, li- I had to learn "Bat out of hell. And obviously, like when you're at drama school, you're sitting there like learning pieces of music. So I was sitting there like going through the rhythm, like like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the money comes, and, and I sang it in the audition, like the rhythm. Amazing. And they were like, cool. um, Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> stop what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so, no, no, I actually had I didn't really have any clue about any of it.
3: Um, I'm much the same as Danielle and it's so strange that you mentioned Paradise by a Dashboard Light and karaoke because that's the exact same way I was introduced to Meatloaf. Um, two of my good friends sung Paradise by a Dashboard Light on karaoke one one day and I think I was like maybe 17, 18. Just like what is this? It's just it was so different and like told a sto- an actual story that was really easy to follow as well and yeah I just thought it was awesome but much in the same way as Ben, I also had to learn Battle of Hell. I, I didn't know the song. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was very interesting.
4: Um, it seems like it worked both times, so maybe there's something in that. <laughs> <Maybe> there <is. laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, there you go.
1: It really is quite,
0: like,
3: the
1: perfect karaoke song as well when you're a few drinks oh my in, God, you know. it just
0: goes on and on. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Just when you think it's going to stop, it just... It keeps going. There's another verse. It yeah. carries on. Amazing. <laughs> Great.
1: How did you prepare for such an intense show?
3: Maybe we should, like, put our hands up or something.
0: <laughs> you no, know,
3: I'm saying the silence after you it ask did, the question.
0: Yeah. I was <laughs> just waiting for somebody oh, to like Oh! <laughs> no prep. No, do you know what? It was a really brutal, like, rehearsal process, because, like, the stage is so big, for starters, so just, like, running around everywhere, like, you've got to build your stamina up that way, and then singing at the same time, the choreography is not easy, so it's just a case, it's, it's literally those, like, few weeks of rehearsals where you just build everything up, but vocally, I mean... It's, it's a big thing for everyone. Even the ensemble is a huge thing. So you kind of have to take it easy sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot.
3: <laughs> I think it's just the case of singing it, singing it in. Mm. It's like Danielle said, like, the more you sing it, the, the easier it becomes. And But strangely enough, it never got any easier when I was in the ensemble. That, that was just like doing the opening of the show just... Every single time we all came off stage, everyone is gasping for air. It just never got easier. It's really strange. Oh, wow. But uh, maybe that says more about uh, my ability to dance and sing at the same time. Same um. thing. So.
4: <laughs> I think it like it evolves as a process as well. Like <clears throat> you start the show, you kind of you're going hundred miles an hour, flying by the seat of your pants, and then eventually you kind of realise like right, this is where. I can breathe more. This is where I can sort of have a little step back vocally. Cause I know that like, right, I've just done this song. I've got this coming up. This is where I run off stage and get water and like sit in a chair. <laughs> Sometimes it can be as simple as like, right. I'm sitting on this here step for four seconds until that lyric. And then I'm walking around to like, so you let it, you know, you learn your tricks and your things that you can do.
1: We actually did um, Xena's Battle of Hell audition workshop dance class yesterday. And I'm like getting on here with Jocelyn I'm like my hips are just gone. <laughs> <laughs> And that
2: being said we're feeling it. We didn't do the whole number. We didn't even have to sing and we
1: are feeling it.
0: <laughs> I'd ring ringer.
1: No, it was um the end of All Revved. Yeah. All oh, Revved. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, Revved. Yeah,
0: Peace <laughs> that never got any yes. easier. Nope. <sighs> yeah
1: that's- I can imagine oh. I mean in the audience
2: it looks like a lot of like obviously it's a lot but you don't think about it because you're all just so animated and it's amazing but now that we've actually kind of tried our hand at it it's like
0: yeah full out full out I used amazing. to collapse on the floor after every revved up we used to pull ourselves up that up those stairs and then I just used to lay on the floor for like whatever whatever was next uh, I think it was Robin Sharon um yeah who, they needs, so the but, young, the who needs the, the young, young. Yeah, that was yeah. me just laying on the floor on a cold floor <laughs> and i didn't even do the whole number <laughs> <laughs> what a mess
2: <laughs> that's awesome i think we were oh yeah we, we were, we were like uh,
1: we'd be cut after round one <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah snip snip <laughs> kind of just taking a little detour here just kind of sliding back we know that a lot of the characters in the ensemble have really rich names and personalities and backstories and that sort of thing so we'd actually love to talk to the two of you kind of about you know what that process was like and getting to have such individuality within something that's usually so uniform.
4: <laughs> so I had a lot of fun with Hoffman um my whole thing was that he thought he was a cowboy and so he put on this southern accent because he had a rough childhood and he found solace in watching Toy Story (laughs) and so it's related to Woody. (laughs) (laughs) And this was cool because I've had had the same costume since like the first promo launch in London and I think I'm one of the only ones that the costume for Hoffman has not changed because I loved it so much. I was like no this is it. (laughs) And it just became this like gimmick of like I'd come on with a southern accent and like Emily Benjamin would always call me out on stage. You're like, you're not southern. (laughs) Like, oh my god, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I went a bit crazy with it, but it it was fun. It was fun, and it like it fit, and it gave it gave. I imagine from watching it, because like lots of people did that stuff, it gave it a. a life of its own in the big ensemble numbers. Love it, like love that. it. Um, but yeah, over the top, as
2: always.
3: <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I, I actually inherited the, the character of i from Ruben. <laughs> he passed did. the batons on to me. Um, so yeah, the, in terms of like a, a backstory, I was literally just dumped into the baptism of fire um, I I missed the entire rehearsal process with the cast. Um, I, I rehearsed on my own in a dance studio, uh, and then just the first time that I was with the cast was in front of an audience. No way! Um,
2: I didn't know that. I me mean, neither.
3: You know, yeah. Um, Michael Naylor, uh, bless <laughs> his heart, he's got the patience of a saint. Uh, he was with me in that studio just for an insane number of hours trying to the, to a level that he felt comfortable enough with actually showing to people who'd paid for a ticket. Um, and uh, I don't know if he ever reached that level, actually. But, uh, it got to the stage where management said it's, I think it's time that Simon does some work. Uh, he did. But so he maybe put him that. on stage now. So yeah, I, I kind of figured that, all of that out during the show like when I was on stage because the process for me was just learn where to go and like don't run through any flames and (laughs) don't crash into anyone uh so you know and it's funny you say Emily Benjamin because we had a we, we had a whole uh sort of backstory going on between the two of us as well we she she was she was brilliant she is the greatest, like such a such a great company
4: member, like really takes yeah. it seriously, but has fun with it. So and like, great. you can tell she loves every Definitely. minute as well. She She's going to be buzzing. I'm going to, we'll send her this. <laughs>
0: gonna we love
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to turn it over to Danielle because you have been with Sahara from the very beginning. Let's talk sort of similarly about the process of developing that character.
0: Um, It was very scary for me. It was my first role. Um, So I was creating something completely from scratch. Um, It was forever changing. We used to get handed script, like, just before we went on. Like, things were just... It was a very scary time. And the show had never been done before, so we were all finding our feet together. And I guess I just... Zahara's very much a heightened version of myself I guess um and I put things into her that I wish I was like as fierce as her and like not scared of anything um she's she's just an extended version of me really and it's like you said about M like The more you do the show, you find these little pockets with people and you're like, oh, at this point, I'm with these people. And you create your own little story in that moment. And then when somebody doesn't do something one night, like me and Simon used to have a little thing when he was up on the next, oh, what's it called? The billboard, And it was an all revved up and we like clocked eyes and I was like, okay, that's the thing. And then like a few days later, he didn't do it. And I was like, have I done something? Why not looking at me? okay <laughs> so yeah it's um it's really just creating as you go and sometimes you like to keep people on their toes so you might want to mix things up a little bit but um yeah I had much fun creating the role of Zahara she has a very big place in my heart
1: definitely we love you and Zahara <laughs> <Thank> you.
2: <laughs> and we're going to turn it right back over and then we'll go back to kind of questions that are for all of you but the two of you also both got to be the alternate for Strat while you were with the show. Would you like to talk about kind of the process of being an alternate for a character and you know going on occasionally and like what that experience is?
3: Uh, so the process of being an alternate. Well, first of all, it was a total pleasure to uh, be the alternate for both Andrew and Jordan. Um, I think it's. In some ways, uh, the difficulty is that you you like we were saying earlier you don't get to sing it in. Um, I would say that's the most difficult part about it is when you're when you're doing multiple shows a week. It, you find things and your your voice becomes stronger. But when you know when you're not and you just kind of have to go on maybe once or twice a week, it really it takes a lot out of you and it takes a lot of energy vocally Mm -hmm. and physically um that you haven't really had a chance to build up yet and it's kind of just making sure you're always ready to to do it if you if you have to um the fun part of it is obviously that you don't have that pressure of having to do it six seven eight shows a week um because that comes with a whole load of different pressures um, and you know you can enjoy uh, being in the ensemble with the rest of the company. Um, yeah, I would say it, it was just a fantastic experience overall uh, to to go on and and be the alternate for both both of them. And I, they were, you know, I learned by watching both of them actually. Like with Andrew in Canada, he would uh, he would be in the gym like every day. Uh, even if we had if we had a two-show day, Andrew's in the gym on the treadmill doing stretches. Uh, I mean, I I can't remember if it was Andrew himself that told me this or I heard it from someone. But he uh, he used to like run on a treadmill and sing the songs. And that sounds crazy, but honestly, sing singing the songs is like you literally are gasping for air, <laughs> getting through them. So. Yeah, it was it. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll pick up on the
4: Andrew Love. You know, like <clears throat> I I alternated him, uh, and actually in rehearsals as well because I was so young when I came to it. I think I was twenty two, maybe or twenty one when I, when like rehearsals started. So I was like literally deer in headlights, and to watch this guy, right? He and I, I'm he was literally. It was like watching a master because you, it's it's the long game with him. You know, you watch his shows and you see the small changes and they're all so like instinctive yet intellectual. And to watch someone take so much care over a role, for me was like, it's one of the things that when you look back and you're like, oh, these things like when I was coming up and and I learned that and it helped me in my process as an actor and watching his, his care and his creation and development of the role um from when I started to when I finished was and again after because you know I came back and I and I watched the show and that was that was a real like lesson I think for me and and that was one of the benefits of alternating is is when you get to alternate someone like that you know um and you know I think the other the other the other unique thing for me about alternating is that like we've been talking about when you're in the ensemble you get to, you get the whole company experience. You get to do the big ensemble numbers with everyone and find the little moments. And it's the transference of that. Like, I always felt so supported by the ensemble when I went on. Cause like one, you know, you're really close. You share a dressing room with these people. Like you're all mates. And it, and it you kind of got the best of both worlds is that you've got to experience the the playing the role and what that meant. And you got the ensemble and the, the energy and the support and all that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's personally those two things.
0: Andrew
3: Paul. His <laughs> ass. La, <laughs> 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 I'm joking. Yeah.
0: Love him. So <laughs> all
2: of you were with the show for an extended period of time, and like every musical ever, it has changed, and that's gone through a lot of changes. So we would love to know: uh, is there a change that a you absolutely loved? And B, is there anything that was cut that you wish was still within the piece?
4: Uh, what was that then? Yeah, yeah, I think what you're about to say, yeah. Yeah,
0: so um, It Just Won't Quit was cut, um, which was devastating. Also, Good Girls. <laughs> I'm so really sad about it. Good Girls. Um, it, I think it only lasted about a week. Did good girls um and i was so so sad when that got cut but i didn't have as much of an attachment to it as i did to um it just won't quit but also it just won't quit changed so many times like i used to start the song at one point or was that frying pan no yeah it changed so many times it was like going into it just won't quit wasn't yeah. it like just so many things changed if you asked me to recall the original version I couldn't tell you because also the the original version when we first ran the show was like three and a half hours long like the first time we did the show um so that was cut down um but I also loved when they added uh the fire rain at the top of act two for land of the pig when we got the fire rain that was really great And also the heart in Bat Out of Hell, uh, the exploding heart, the foils, when we got those from the back, actually. I remember watching it from the back from the first time. They were like, "Okay, we're just going to try it. And I was like on the rocks, like waiting for something to happen. And these foils just like moved out. And I was like, is that it? (laughs) But then I saw it from the front with the lights and everything. I was like, wow, that looks amazing. But it doesn't look so fun from the back.
4: (laughs) (laughs) There was one, there was one thing, two things. One's a fun one and one's one that I really wish they figured out. Uh, The fun one is that the ensemble was supposed to eat Falco. Uh, Do you remember that in rehearsals? We were supposed to, there was like one day and it was something i think it was like i can't remember where it came from but like it was sent down from the gods of like management or whatever that falco is going to be like torn apart and eaten by the ensemble <laughs> <laughs> and i was buzzing <laughs> like I was, I was like give me a wing give me a breast i'll get barbecue sauce like
1: okay.
4: is the funny one
1: what? and the one
4: i really wish they figured out is at the beginning uh with a strat track, he was gonna dip his hand in the pool and pull out the mic stand, and it was gonna be covered in oil. Oh. So it was gonna be like he'd go to the pool and like drag out the mic stand and then be like, boof,
1: I remember everything. Oh, that's sick.
4: And I was like, wicked cool. No idea how they would have done it, but I was fine. With
1: that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that
2: Falco bed is just. I wanna amazing. see that now. Can we add that back in?
0: Yeah, I know. I'm like. Oh, <laughs> well, we have there's so many things from rehearsals that like never made it on stage like we used to have uh life is a lemon used to be in the show well i say it used to be in the show it was in the rehearsal version of the show and raven's bedroom was going to turn into a sauna and there was going to be girls in towels like walking around like handing out drinks like it was like trump tower and then we were all protesting outside like and then someone was going to set themselves on fire like there, I literally could go on for hours. There's so much stuff.
3: I, I, like I was saying, I wasn't part of rehearsals, but I've heard a lot of the best stuff that was going to be in it. And, yeah, I mean, I'm gutted that it all got cut. I think <laughs> at some point there should be a show of just the things that got cut. <laughs> yes. yes. That show. <laughs> so yes. much madness. The thing, I'm also the same. Uh, yeah. Just won't quit. I was, I was gutted about that because... The first time I ever went on a strat was at the Coliseum and they cut it like the show after. So I I, I got I sung it one time. And yeah, and yeah, that's it. That the- does not sound <laughs> good. To like <laughs> <very much. laughs> yeah. That definitely doesn't work. <laughs> that was your fault. <laughs> oh, <that's
0: brilliant. laughs>
1: I actually remember um the night they cut it being on like Bat Clan and all that, and it was just insanity and people were like oh my god they've cut 45 minutes of the show and I was like oh my god what's coming here to Toronto Just the opening speed. <laughs> The hour bat yeah, yeah.
3: just the hour- you know I heard that for uh the U.S. tour mm-hmm. or another version somewhere I can't remember where the version was that this happened but I heard that Land of the Pig got cut.
0: Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a lot of stuff. Like, we didn't have a pool. So, like, the eating Falco yeah. bit, we... um No. Because we didn't have a pool, we had to beat him up. Yeah. And he did a quick change whilst we were beating him up. So, <laughs> yeah, but we had no Land of the Pig there, which was very sad. And it opened with objects, which
3: is just a very odd start to act to. Bummer with your ice cream. Well, Land of yeah. the Pig, that was a... Stat- I think that's like the rockiest yeah. rock song in the show. And to lose that, I think yeah. it's yeah. just very sad. But, you know, it's, they gotta do what they gotta do.
1: Even like little things, and yeah. not to bash it at all, but like the heart, like Danielle mentioned during Battle of Hell, it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, that, that moment is so it's like a snapshot, you know, and to lose just like those mm-hmm. little touches was very very sad.
3: I think that's I think the version in uh, the Colosseum and the Dominion and also I think the first time it went to Canada, uh, mm-hmm. Toronto, I think the benefit of that is that they know it's a residency. It's going to be in the same place for X amount of months. And so uh, they can ship all this stuff in. But if it's going to be touring, I think that's that must have just, the show is just colossal and it must have, Presented so many challenges um, in terms of literally like driving that stuff around from city to city.
0: It's also having like the rigging and stuff like that. Like you just don't know if you can fit it in. It's um it's a mammoth of a show.
1: Especially with the um the second bedroom in the tower. It's that must be hard work, yeah.
2: And there's a lot going on too. I you know, going slightly off topic here, but I remember going to see the show the first time I saw it in Toronto and going, I think I missed Like, I need to go back because I didn't know where to look. <laughs> like, there was so much going on at once. There's mm. just so much going on. And I'm glad that, you know, when you go and see it a couple of times, you finally get to go, oh, well, that set piece comes here. Like, the heart comes in here and this does that and this does that. And you get to kind of appreciate the whole thing um, instead of going, did I, miss, did I miss something?
0: Take everything in.
4: Yeah, I feel like as much as the show is like, the atmosphere in the stalls is unbelievable, I feel like if you go up a tier, like front row of the, the first tier, I'm like, that's that's the sweet spot. Yes! You get to just mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And the choreography. Like, from up there watching the choreography and the patterns turn, like, and I love a good mez seat, but in New York I was in the balcony, so like the furthest, like, back you can go. Right at, like, the ledge, though, which was nice, but... You could see all of like the different formation changes and the tracking it was it was gorgeous to watch from up there and speaking of the stage we know that any show that is long running or just in general everybody has their fair share of on stage mishaps and we would love if you had any you would like um, to share with us
3: how long have you got <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: I can't, the only one that comes to me right now is when I was first given my chainsaw, I think it was in Manchester, I can't remember, and I used to run on from stage right and exit stage left with it, Um, and Natalie Chua was so dancing so beautifully there on stage left and she stepped back and I tripped over her Ah. foot but I had a chainsaw in my hand so I just literally planked on the floor like landed on my boobs so it was so painful with my arms out in front of me and Jen our stage manager just looked at me I was just laid on like flat on the floor on the stage with my chainsaw that that was really painful and horrible so we changed it then I never did that again um but I can't remember anything else oh I have to mention sorry I keep talking I'm very excited to be here um (laughs) I have to mention the time when Rob Fowler didn't come on stage during the bedroom scene um where is she um after I just packed the bag Raven's run away with Strat I'm packing the bag I put the gun in the bag Falco doesn't enter the bedroom this is in Manchester so we haven't been doing the show very long and I was like oh what do I do so I'm like looking around the room like oh trying to find something to do there's a camera on me so I'm trying to like improvise and then Sharon comes into the room who plays Sloan and she's like Zahara what are you doing here and I was like I don't know what are you doing here, and we literally just had to improvise this whole scene. <laughs> and Rob Fowler never showed up; um, he he was elsewhere at the time, um, and it never happened again. But that that was uh, that was a very scary moment. That's yes. amazing.
4: <laughs> uh, my uh, the only one I can remember is during Bat. Uh, I was on. And I think I tripped over a mic wire and I fell backwards, but I didn't touch the ground because the world's strongest man, Giovanni Spano. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was like, <laughs> and I fell arms up like this. And he just like caught me two hands on my back and just propelled me back up. It was the most amazing. I was like <laughs> back and then up and like, f- a bit forward because obviously he's got like biceps the size of the planet so i like flew 90 feet forward it was amazing i mean oh my god i guess that's a
3: mishap i think that's a bonus that was a mishap that could have been had it not been healed <laughs> yeah um saved my life i think mine is oh, wow. when <laughs> the, the the bedroom door didn't open so i just kicked it in <laughs> uh that was not one that's of my amazing. finest moments. Yeah. I just, I just took a run and because Georgia Carling was on for Raven, and she was she was lying on the bedroom floor about to sing I'll come back to me really graceful and I had to enter and do a scene and then she would go into the song and I was just stood at the door trying to get in thinking like I'm I'm leaving her on her own here she's she's not going to be able to do anything unless I I get on stage, and I just, I I kind of looked around for a second and just thought I'm gonna just have to run through the door. So I just (laughs) ran at it and went through it, and it came off onto stage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I I don't know how Georgia kept it together. I was, the whole yeah, she she completely nailed the scene, nailed the song, and. She just completely held it together like a pro. And uh, again, our, our stage amazing. manager, Jen, uh, she said to me after the show, why didn't you just walk around the set? Diamond? Why did you run through the wall? And I was like, Jen, you're talking total sense here. I was in mind panic. I was just thinking of Georgia, you know?
4: <laughs> you're like, after that moment, you have to do a Scottish accent, <laughs> right?
0: You do yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh, that
1: totally reminds me there was um a mishap during the tour with the the door in the bottom bedroom. Yeah, so right after paradise. And there was a technician working on it, but whoever entered last, I guess Sloan kept the door open. So the little technician just like peeked out and was like, oh my god, I closed the whole door. <laughs> It was so good. He was working the whole time. I don't know, but it was so funny. It was like a moment that's just in my my brain. I can see it so clearly. Wow.
4: That actually reminds me of I can't believe I've probably taken this from my memory because it was one of the most traumatizing moments of my whole entire life. Um, It was early, early, early on in the run, probably like maybe last week of previews or something. And I was on for one of my, I don't know, whatever shows. And my voice was absolutely ruined, but there was no one in the building. And I went on and I did revved up and I couldn't sing. I stopped singing. And I went to Jackie Morgan, who's the company manager. I went, hey, um, I can't sing, so uh, can I go? She was like, no. She was like, no. And they called Andrew, they were like, called him, woke him up, got him into the building, but I had to do act one and I couldn't sing. So I remember having to come on and do Bat Out of Hell and I did the end down the octave. (laughs) Like a bat out of hell. Oh. <laughs> Barry White does. I
3: remember
0: <laughs> that? Oh my god! I was going <laughs> to mention two honorary moments because they're fantastic. Which is Barney falling into the pond. Oh. It's the only person to ever do it, but it was a fantastic moment. I do have it on video. I will release
3: please, it. Please, so
0: <laughs> please. Um, him doing a backwards roller poly into the pond. Fantastic. And also, uh, Craig, Ryder ripping off his he was on for Falco. He ripped off his trousers in paradise, but he didn't have his pink pants on. So <laughs> he was just there yeah. in his jock strap and he looked like a Kendall. That was a brilliant moment also. I could go on forever. Sorry. <laughs> had to mention those.
2: And since they're tear away, you know, once they're once they're off, you're done. <laughs> oh my gosh. about that one that's hilarious (laughs) there's no coming back from that (laughs) and so um what about do you have any backstage traditions or mishaps in a similar vein here
0: uh I used to have like specific things that I'd have to do before a scene like the bedroom scene I'd have to like fold a certain t-shirt or I can't really remember anything now but I definitely had little things that I used to do just before I went on that I had to do because I f- I felt like the show my show would go completely wrong if I didn't do them so silly superstitious we
4: had one Danielle and I uh it was in the in the mirror box uh I think it was before crying out loud and I had the blood bag on my arm and Danielle yes. here walking up the stairs because I used to go there preset blood bag and then we're just used to look at each other and I just used to go Phew. I'm about to be dead and then die, and the scene would start. <laughs> Every
3: time. I love that with my strats, yes. That makes me feel very boring. When Danielle came up to me in the blood box, I was dead. I was already <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you should, what did you
3: I was fully dead. I don't already.
0: think um, all the other strats used to hand me the blood bag. And then like put it somewhere. I can't remember how it was set up, but Simon didn't do that. He just laid there and was like, I'm dead now. And I'd be like, okay, like literally just run up the stairs, like trying to pick up the blood bag, like everything. It's fine, Simon. I got it. I got it.
3: It's fine. That is literally the first time I've realised that the other strats did that stuff.
0: (laughs) Because I'm a nice person. I didn't want to say anything. I love that. (laughs) I love that.
3: I got away with it all that time. Really, but can talk about it. You're, You're right. such a superstar. Um, my pre-show thing when I was on for Strat was I just, I had to say the monologue, uh, the opening monologue, right before I went on. And I, I, do you know what? If I could turn the clock back to the first time that I did that, I would not do it because it just became a burden. <laughs> like... I couldn't go on unless I'd said the monologue or it was like a, it was like a superstition thing. And even if it was just going through it really quickly, it, it was like, I have to do it. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I'd never started that. I'm I'm never starting anything like that again.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, cause I, I think I did the same thing and I know Andrew did as well. So I feel like it's just because it's so long that you're like, I have no, like you can't be confident that you know it. Because it's so long, you're like, no, I've got to, just in case, like, something goes wrong or lines, whatever. Yeah, you're right.
1: That makes sense.
2: (laughs) A lot to remember. Yeah, definitely. We're just going to hop on over uh, to the fans. So we know that Bat has a massive fan base. I mean, we're obviously part of it. But we would love to kind of talk about any... Crazy audience moments and your best fan experiences.
3: I mean, we've got a crazy audience moment that tops the list by a country mile, for me. But I'm not sure it's PG enough to repeat on this podcast.
2: Oh, I think I've heard this one. Yeah, I believe so. (laughs) I've heard this story. Go for it if you'd like.
3: (laughs) Go on. The uh, there was a security uh, who had their eye on a couple um, because. they thought someone had dropped something and was looking for it on the floor for a very long time between the partner's legs. Oh, um, yeah. and, oh that's uh, a good way to put it. But that's what we do at Hell. <laughs> we <laughs> inspire people. You know, there's, you come to watch the show, there's a certain energy about it. <laughs> a few times people got thrown out for all sorts of all sorts of sexual acts. So uh that yeah (laughs) in my mind is the uh is the funny stories oh
1: that
4: one of my favorite moments was i I can't remember but there was like someone in the audience who because usually the stalls would be filled with like regulars like like a lot of people come see the show multiple times and i remember it was rock and roll dreams and i think it's the tink death scene and tink died and someone in the audience shouted something like good or like Oh, you, you should be dead or something but then one of the regulars from the stalls went shut up <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> such like passion and they shut up like, they were like
0: yeah, oh yeah my ooh, God. Went, shut up <laughs> so many people shouting out it's brilliant i think i remember in manchester it was during bat out of hell actually and i was on top of the rock singing my heart out and um I just saw this commotion in the stalls and then like I saw like loads of high-vis jackets like running down and I was like what is happening and like a fight had broke out in the stalls like just a huge fight had broke out it was just mental because everyone was like drinking having a lovely time um, but yeah. Bat fans are the
4: best. There was quite a kerfuffle about like sing versus don't sing. I swear they did like an announcement or something about like, because people would come and they'd sing and then there would be people who wouldn't want them to sing. There'd be like arguments about, because I'm like, people on one side people are just enjoying themselves, having a great time. And obviously the songs are unbelievable. But on the other side, there's people who don't like who just come to the theater and don't really kind of know what it's about. And they get all, so there was a whole like thing about it
0: that's why we started to have the sing-alongs right which are I think every show should do that like it's so much fun um our sing-alongs were crazy I loved them um because every pretty much everyone knows the song so it's just like ah, crazy
2: and I think that's such a great option and such like a good way to kind of solve that for the people who aren't theater fans but are coming to see Bat, or people who are theater fans and are coming having a sing-along night that's so great go then and sing along and then if people who aren't into that can go see a show another day I think I think that's brilliant and I I think you're right there should be more shows that incorporate that especially uh those that are have songs that are very popular much like the ones in Bat.
4: and Juliet did it as well didn't they I think
1: yeah,
2: and
0: we've had a few as well at six,
4: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's good fun. That totally just reminded me. Um, My first show in London, there was a man beside me. It was during Heaven Can Wait, and Christina sings so beautifully, and then I've <laughs> got this guy beside me like, Heaven can wait. <laughs> I was like, oh no. My friend was <laughs> like, I'll fight him. I'll fight him for you. So funny, though. It makes the best memories. <laughs> I also had a woman beside me. Trying to be like you, Danielle. Oh, she, she was doing she. the high kicks in her seat. It was brilliant. We were in the front row, and Gio afterwards was like, Was she in your crowd? Was she in your crew, Chrissy? Because that's what I'm telling people.
0: <laughs> I was like, I don't know her. <laughs> it
1: was wow, so funny.
0: She was how did I miss that?
2: <laughs> so looking back on the entire bad experience. Um, What would you say is your biggest, like, pinch me moment associated with the show?
0: Uh, Meatloaf being there, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. That was, like, a bit crazy. Um, And also, one of, like, something I'll never forget is closing night at the Dominion Um, there was a moment at the end and Rob Fowler told everyone to take out their phones and put their torches on and I just got goosebumps then just thinking about it it just looked so beautiful and we were all so emotional Um, and that for me was like a (sighs) moment so yeah,
3: for me it was my first ever show uh, that I did that was like the first time I'd ever been on a West End stage and i was playing strat in battle hell and uh it was just yeah i'll never forget that um and obviously because it was the first time i'd ever been on the west end i had like so many people there in the theater from scotland and from london and from all over there to support and uh it, that it was it was just awesome i mean it's probably the most nervous i've ever been um <laughs> but it was it was amazing i think
4: um probably there's one like i i remember my last strat show uh and like everyone was like being amazing and like being so nice and like, appreciative and showing me so much love and i remember in the bows at the end of the bows uh the strat little bit at the end at the end of that rob fowler and isaac picked me up and put me on their shoulders and i was like crying <laughs> literally like crying. and then we all came down we were just like hugging for the last like that i think that was like a very touching moment um and also probably one of the coolest was the first launch when we put the, the truck on st martin's lane and like, it was like a misty, a misty night, like really dark. And we just had like this truck and these spotlights and it was packed. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, cool. Oh, shut up now. <laughs> I won't shut up. That was a thing to be humble.
2: <laughs> we're chatty. <Yeah. laughs> you don't have to shut up here. We are. That's why we're here. <laughs> we are chatty. We're chatty and we go on tangents. That's yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's why Chrissy has life. to edit so much every week.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, like around forty-five minutes of us trying to pronounce words and mispronouncing them, and then you know, talking about the pronunciation. We also wanted to ask, uh, since you've all
2: kind of left the show, since you've last performed in it, how has it affected your life? How does has it kind of changed your life, or how does it affect it you on like a daily basis, present day?
3: Um, for me, I would I would go back to what. Uh, I was saying about, uh, being the alternate to, to Andrew and Jordan and in terms of like learning from the experience, um, it wasn't just those two that, that I was able to learn from. It was it, literally everyone involved because it's the first time I'd ever done a show of that scale. And I think you just, there's only so much that you can learn in a drama school, uh, I think you learn a lot more when you, when you do it and, and how it works in practice. And uh, I think you probably learn the most from your first job. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd been in other shows before that, uh, but never of that scale. And I think I just learned a lot that I will carry with me from everyone in that show
0: um yeah what did i take with me from about Uh a lot of friends a lot of love um i learned a lot of new skills actually like camera work for instance um and also because it was my first le- like leading role um i learned a lot on the job as simon said you do learn so much from like your first job and then when you you're a swing for the first time you recover for the first time and when you're playing a lead for the first time so um yeah there's it's like my my baby is back so i just like carry a lot of that show with me and a lot of lessons and um yeah and um i don't know if you know but i recorded an album of Jim time songs um shameless plug so um so yeah plug away <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I, I took away a lot of, uh, Jim Steinman. So, um, yeah, big fan, yes. big fan.
1: We'll link it. it.
0: <laughs> buy it, buy it, buy. Thanks so much.
4: <laughs> I, uh, I got hat, a hat, like a, like a, like a hat, um, which I carry with me always. Like it really, it really weighs heavy on my head. <laughs> no but uh for 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 realies uh yeah i think with that with that it, from my perspective that show in particular there were so many people that were so good at what they do whether that is on stage off with the management team everything people were really like at the top of their game like and it was so again like so i was young i was like trying to just absorb as much as i can so i was just trying to swim in this like sea of madness uh, it's a metaphor, guys. Thank you. Um, I've released a poetry book, actually. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. So being able to work with people at the top of the game and see and see how they operate and see uh, how they talk to each other and and how you interact in a professional environment at that level, um,
3: yeah, was a good thing. So now I'm brilliant. Which is great. <laughs> to be. I want to finish all my answers with that.
1: and now I'm a
0: genius (laughs) I'm
1: really great so (laughs) (laughs) truly from like the fan perspective the show has done so much for me and I know for so many as well like I don't think I could have ever gotten on a plane and gone to London alone (laughs) at 2021 I guess I was back then but yeah (laughs) but yeah I'm, I'm forever grateful to the show and to all of you and the whole cast everyone behind the show as well so much goodness so much kindness yeah yeah it's
2: a show that has like such a huge huge impact on so many people and i think that that's that's really beautiful from both the original music to like the story and to all of the um amazingly talented people who make it happen every night
3: shows like that only happen because people support them so it really is largely the success of it is down to you guys.
0: I agree. I love as well like the amount of people that come and make friends and create lovely like support groups and stuff. Like that really warms my heart. I love that. So um yeah. That's it really.
1: It's true. Like Jocelyn and I we met through Geo telling me in London like, "Oh, message this girl." So I did. <laughs> and now we have a podcast together.
2: Yeah. And oh, here we are. I
0: love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's true. There's so
2: many little, there's so many people who have come into my life because of the show, and uh, I got best friend from it.
0: Oh, that's so so wonderful. Cute. Oh, (laughs) guys.
2: And before we wrap up for the day, we would love to take this time to hand the mic over to you to hear about any upcoming projects or work that you have during this time so that we can share it with our listeners.
4: Well, I'll do, I'll do our joint one because Simon has another one. Um, But uh, we, as probably people know, we are part of a group called the Songsmiths and we have an album out and we are as soon as available and possible. We have a live show ready to go, which we are going to smash out there. So, any love on the Instagram and Twitter at the Songsmiths UK um, would be fantastic. That is me and Simon and Patrick Sullivan, um, who is busy.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our joint one.
4: <laughs> Go on, si, knock their socks off.
3: Yeah, well, there's the Songsmiths. And also I'm producing a show with uh, Ryan Metcalf. Uh, it's a film theatre show a version of romeo and juliet um and tickets went on sale uh last week and you can buy tickets at romeojuliet2021.com um it's got a really great cast and funnily enough nick evans who was the associate director of bat directed romeo and juliet um so yeah it's it's going to be amazing um Ryan is currently editing it with his company right now. Um, and it should be hopefully ready in uh, in about a week. Oh, wait to see I yeah. went to help out on Amazing. a day of that.
4: And I've got to say it is absolutely groundbreaking. Like it's um, it, un, unbelievable what they've done. Oh, so see thanks,
3: ben. get Danielle's album.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: And for real, I, For real, Danielle's album is amazing. Oh, Simon's also on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well done,
0: Simon. Simon's just got his fingers in all the pies. Fantastic. Good for you, Simon. We will
1: plug everything on our website so you can easily find (laughs) it all and support
2: these awesome projects. (laughs) Excellent. thank you you. and I think that's all we have from our end is there anything any of you would like to add before we uh close up
3: just thanks for uh supporting the show and us and taking such an interest and you're now creating a podcast together and it's it's uh it's brought you together like you said so um yeah thanks for like carrying the uh the torch
2: yeah, we are so thrilled that you all agreed to be here with us.
1: Uh, thank you all
3: is
0: so, really so, cool. so
1: much for joining us. <laughs> yeah, this was really fun. Super special as well.
0: Yes, Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having us.
1: Lovely. We just want to extend a super big thank you to our guests today and all of you at home listening.
2: You'll be able to find links not only to all of our amazing special guests, but their upcoming projects on our Instagram when we announce this episode. As always, I'm Jocelyn, and you can find me at Both Sides of the Curtain. And
1: I'm Chrissy, and you can find me at Break a Leg. Also, we just want to say, if you have any shows that you would love for us to put into a little reunion episode with some cast members, let us know. We would love to do that.
2: (laughs) We would. And as always, our inboxes are always open. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode and let us know if there's anything else you'd love to see from us in the future. Stay safe and stay stagy.
1: Take care.